What's up, Doc? Good morning! Oh, and in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Greetings and salutations. Hello, Poppy. Hello there. Kindly ho, neighborinos! You are cleared to land on Ducky Bay 77, a podcast about movies, music, TV, and anything else these guys can think to talk about. Hello and welcome to Docking Bay 77. I am your host, Dayton Johnson, and we are moving through the month of November rather quickly. And I'm going to talk about a movie that actually came out in November of 1990. And to do that with me, I have the co-host of the Film By podcast, Jeff Johnson. How are you, Jeff? Dayton, I am doing great and uh, always happy to be back on uh, Docking Bay 77. I appreciate you joining me. Um, We're going to talk about the Kevin Costner directed Western Dances with Wolves. Dances with Wolves is a sweeping epic with sensitivity, says Newsweek magazine. Vibrating with humanity, affection, and adventure. Pure movie-making magic. One of the year's most satisfying and entertaining films. Brilliant, touching, romantic, and spectacular. A 10-plus. Kevin Costner, Dances with Wolves. All right, so before we get into this, let's... uh do a brief synopsis just in case people aren't completely familiar with the movie. And if they are spoiled or if they are not familiar with the movie spoilers ahead. Um, so Kevin Costner plays a Lieutenant in the union army uh, Dunbar, who has basically decided that he wants to go to the frontier and see it before it disappears. And while he's out there, he comes across uh, a tribe of Lakota Indians and basically befriends them and really gets to see how it is how it is for them in the frontier and basically you know becomes friends and uh is more trusting of them than he is of his own army so and it it's a, it's a wonderful movie it's a sweeping epic western and i am super excited to talk about this with you so um do you remember when you saw dances with wolves for the first time uh yeah actually i do um this came out in 1990 i can tell you i did see a western in the theater in 1990 okay it was not it was not this though it was actually <laughs> young guns too all right um, all right this uh you know i was 14 and this is a this is the moment where i start remembering all the movies i did see at the theater <laughs> uh and that year i know i saw dick tracy i saw gremlins too i saw home alone like everyone else on the planet right um did not see Dances with Wolves. I think it was my senior year, so that would have been 1994. Okay. Um, uh, saw it on video and was absolutely captivated. Absolutely right. loved it. Right. Um, now, I did see it in the theater. Uh, I was in college at the time. And uh, I, I was basically because of word of mouth. I, I think my parents actually saw it first. Um, which was impressive because my dad always seemed to fall asleep in, in movie theaters. So the fact that they went at all was kind of impressive. Um, and my mom loved it. So I decided I was going to go see it. And I just thought it was just amazing. Uh, and it's one of those long movies that never felt long. And that's impressive. Now, this is how much I, I liked this movie. Um, do you remember uh, around that time, McDonald's did these promos where uh, they had three, I think it was three movies. I can't remember the other two. But one of them was if you spent like a certain amount of money on food, you could buy one of the movies for $10. And one of them was Dances with Wolves. Mm-hmm. And I, I, got my, I got my first copy that way. And of course, <laughs> since it was all in one cassette, you knew it was one of the extended play, you know, bad copies. And oh, then, yeah. yeah. And then later I bought the two cassette version of it. And of course, later, probably in the late 90s, I bought the DVD version of it. And then... Within the last 10 years, I bought the the extended special edition four-hour cut on DVD. So I've owned it uh, a few times. <laughs> so, um, now, real quick before we get into other did you do you prefer the extended cut over the original three-hour cut? I personally I don't see how you can watch it if you're not watching the extended cut. Okay, uh, right. I really um I, I just don't know what you could cut. From the, well, I mean, I, I get it's it's 
nearly a four hour epic, but I just don't know what you could cut because uh, I feel like everything that Costner put into this film is necessary. Yeah. And the funny thing is, I guess the original cut of the movie was five and a half hours long. So (laughs) to get it down to three and then put it back to four, I mean, there's little things like when he's cleaning up uh, around the outpost, you know, when he goes to go bathe in the water and sees the, the deer heads in the water, which were actual deer, by the way, those were actually road kills that they found the put because oh, okay. they wanted it to be heavy as if it was a real dead deer. And they were, that's just super detailed and also a little gross, but um, yeah, I mean, that scene is much longer than the, in the director's cut. There's also uh, more um, at the very beginning when he's at the uh, talking to the major before he goes out to the frontier, there's just little sections you can tell her a little bit longer that there's a little more information given um, as actually the very beginning when we see um, the, the members of the outpost, the, the men there, we actually see them leave. Um, yeah. That was not an original cut. I remember thinking, you know, cause you got to, cause when he shows up, Dunbar shows up, there's just holes dug in the, <laughs> in the side of these Hills. And, you know, so it's, it was kind of nice to see all that stuff. So, but yeah, well, I, I, I agree. The four hour cut is definitely the one you need to see. Yeah. And those scenes you, it's not that they're, overly relevant to the film to the story but like you mentioned like the the soldiers at at uh what sedgwick um right it it it, i think knowing who was there and seeing how desolate and how depressing and demoralized they were right it really sets up your uh you know you really side with side with him immediately because you're thinking wow he's He's screwed. He, he's by himself. I mean, at least there were like five or six of them. He's on his own. Yeah. And even with like the, you know, the extended parts of him cleaning up around camp, it, it really builds his character. Like I like when he's, he even captured that in the journal. He's like, I th- right. I think I'll assign my, I love how he says, I, I think I'll assign myself a clean cleaning detail right. starting tomorrow. I just, you know, he's a, he's, he literally is a one man army uh, at this yes. post. Yes, he is. And um, I, you know, stuff like that. It just, I think it builds, um, it builds your, it builds his character and it makes you really, um, get behind him. Right. And just for those that are, uh, wanting to watch the four hour version, there is an intermission. Uh, you do have to flip the disc or put the second disc in. So there is an intermission. Well, I will say this though, Dayton, uh, <laughs> I've got the, I've got the steel book that shout factory put out. Oh, see, see, Blu-ray. No. Uh, so I didn't see any intermission. No, intermission oh, you're special guy. Yeah, yeah. I have, yeah, I had, <laughs> I have the DVD and it was funny actually, cause I planned on watching it over the course of two nights. And, um, the first night we, we stopped at one place and then we came back to it the next night, put it in and it turned out it was like 10 minutes later would have been where the, you know, the disc change was like, like, <laughs> I was like, Oh, well I know for next time, but okay. So, uh, Maybe I have to get that steel book first. See now you just made it. You I'm gotta gonna, get I'm the gonna, steel book. I'm gonna buy it again. Jeez, thanks. One, thanks, one more time. One more time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's get into some uh memorable moments uh, from the movie. Now, uh if you don't bring it up, I'm gonna bring up the, the buffalo hunt. Go for it. Okay. Be, well, because not only is it just amazing, because there are so many buffaloes and so many people on horses running around. And the fact that the ones that get shot were um, mechanical, but look so good when they hit the dirt. And the fact that Costner is doing all that riding himself, you know, and yeah. shooting of the gun, that's, that's all him, which is make, which is adds to the authenticity of this movie. Um, with the exception of, I guess, if you really look close during that scene, you can see a power line. I'm going to go back and watch it later, see if I can find it. But it's, I've read this in, in one of, you can see a power line. I'm like, I'll forgive, you know, him I, every, I'll forgive. That. I heard about that. I, look, I heard about that scene. <laughs> so the, I, when I watched this recently, I was looking extra careful. I was try, or at least I was trying to. Right. But that scene is so epic. Right. And there's so much to look at. And there's so much going on. I, I didn't see it. Yeah. And I was trying to look for it. So yeah. I'm, I'm going to try yeah. really, it's hard because you'll, you'll just start looking back at what's going on because it's so yeah. well put together. And, and that speaks to um, Costner's talent for directing this particular movie. And it was, a, it was a, it was a, a, a labor of love for him because he'd been trying to get it made. And um, he ended up spending uh, part of his own money for the, for the runovers. And which of course it ended up netting him uh, $40 million when it was all said and done. So I think he's okay, but yeah, yeah, but yeah, I'm gonna have to try and watch that. But I, I think it is hard to find because you are so caught up in what's going on on the screen. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's one of those 
it's just a stellar scene, just absolutely stellar. So, um, all right. So, uh, you got a memorable scene you want to talk about? Uh, yeah, actually I have two. Okay. That's um, fine. I got a few. So you can write it. Okay. <laughs> well, um, they both actually, uh, involve one of my favorite characters in the film, which okay. is, uh, wind in his hair. Oh, he is awesome. So, you know, he, his, um, his first encounter with, with, with Dunbar, right. you know, we'll, we'll call him Dunbar at this point. Um, you know, he, he goes, you know, uh, the tribal elders and, and uh, kicking bird is like, Hey, look, there's someone there and we don't know. And he's really defiant. And he's really, you know what? I'm going to go, I'll go chase him off. Right. And he go, he rides right up on him and he's, you know, he's just like, you know, I am winning his hair. Do you see? I'm not afraid of you. Like, right. you know, really right. makes a statement. Yeah, he does. But uh, I'm glad I'm I, I'm glad for that scene because it sets up one of my favorite scenes, which is kind of it's 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 bittersweet, um, and that's that's winning this hair on the cliff saying goodbye to him. Yes, oh my god! And it's kind of like the the opposite of of that, which bookends the relationship so well because when when Dun- when dances with wolves, um, who you right. know is John Dunbar, when he's leaving. This guy, you know, they, this is his his best friend now, right? And he he's defiantly, you know, dances with wolves. Can you see that I'm your friend? You know, so right. I, it's it, it, the moment just hits. It's Absolutely. you know, and the fact that 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 Costner he he rec- he he recognizes the moment. He he looks at him, but he doesn't wave. He doesn't say anything. He just right. slowly rides away. It just pulls at your heart. Oh, absolutely, you know? absolutely. And this movie does that. Um, and we'll talk about it a little bit later. It, 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 it really works your emotions very well throughout the entire movie, but yeah, you're right. Those are two great scenes. Cause they, they work perfectly. You know, it, there's just a counterbalance of each other. One it's like, and I love that Costner's character staying there half shaven, no shirt on with his gun. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, it's like, I, I come, I'm kind of afraid, but I'm not going to pull the trigger. <laughs> I'm just going to wait and see what he's going to do. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's, those are great. Great and if I if I could, uh, the other scene that's really memorable for me is kind of like the the middle to those two scenes, okay. and that's when when in his hair is explaining to Dunbar um, who stands stands with a fist, who her husband was. Right, you know, he was my friend. He was my best friend. I see now that he left so that you could come here. Right, and I just thought, wow, and that was his way of explaining, like, look. That's why I was mad at you. And he even says, like, it was very hard for me. It was very difficult for me to like you. Right. And um, in that moment, I, I that's where I'm like, this guy is my favorite character in the movie. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, that's just me, though. No. And and I don't blame you. He was a great character. Um, well played and uh, very interesting because you can tell he's a very powerful warrior and doesn't have a lot of emotion um throughout the movie as usually it's kind of more you know aggression or whatever and fun uh but then at the end like you said when he's yelling that you're just kind of like oh my god my heart is breaking for this guy so yeah wonderful great 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 what about you uh memorable scene for you i I got a few actually okay um i love how this movie opens right there on the medical table um where he's the doctor are talking about they don't have the ether they're just going to cut off his leg you know i need to take a break because yeah, I'm need, gonna he pass need some right. coffee yeah and and uh and he gets up puts that boot on you can tell because he basically passes out from putting his boot on you know he, and he just he stumbles out there and he's like i if i'm gonna lose my leg i'd rather die mm-hmm. so he gets on that horse uh Cisco, which is a great name, gets yeah. on that horse and just rides in the center of the battlefield and inadvertently uh, gets his side to win, you know, just by distracting the other side and ends up saving his leg. So he gets rewarded, you know, keeps the horse, 
picks his thing and goes out there out and says, I want to go to the frontier. So he goes out to um, uh, uh, Fort Hayes and mm-hmm. meets Major Fanbro. Such a smart lad coming straight to me. Sir, knight, I am sending you on a knight's errand. You will report to Captain Cargill at the furthermost outpost of the realm, Fort Sedgwick. My personal seal will assure your safety through many miles of wild and hostile country. I was wondering, sir, how will I be getting there? You think I don't know? No, sir. You think I don't know? No, sir, it's just that I don't Hold your tongue. I happen to be in a generous mood and I will grant you a boon. See that peasant out there? He calls himself Timmins. He's going to your Fort Sedgwick this very afternoon. You can ride with him if you like. He knows the way. Thank you, that is all. Sir Knight? I just pissed in my pants, and nobody can do anything about it. Oh, my oh God. God, this guy. <laughs> <laughs> so, it just the way he's taught, he just, he, I'm like, he lost his mind, lost his mind completely. And which already kind of sets up, you know, what to expect um, and, and how, what these men have been through. Uh, the soldiers that he was fighting with. And then this guy here who's supposed to be in charge and he's in, you know, he kept calling him, you know, the knight, and, you know, and I've, I've just, he stands up and he says, I, you know, basically I peed yeah. my pants and you're like, no one can do anything for me. I know. It's like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. And then he leaves and just blows his brains out right in the window. And I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> and then it's, really kind of calm for a while. You just got the yeah. disgusting, the most vile man he's ever seen in his life. Taking, taking him for a ride on the, or, you know, with the, the train and oh. uh, the wagon train. And Oh my God, just, it's like so emotional and disturbing. And then it's just kind of like, I'm going to write my journal for the next few minutes. And you just kind of, kind of getting used to him, kind of learning the, you know, his character. And I love those opening sequences. They just, I, I, that's a great way to open a movie. And it just, and the really cool thing about it, I did read this that the two doctors that you can't see their faces is actually Kevin Costner and his producer are standing in for the doctors and the voices were dubbed over later with actors uh, oh, different okay. actors so yeah I thought that was a neat little thing so um, you, you know yeah. the thing about that scene with the major though um, you know when when I'm when I was younger watching I was like I was man this guy's out of his mind what a wacko right <laughs> but when you watch it as an adult. I think that's a very important scene because it really plays on, on Costner's decision to, to end his life on that right. battlefield. Uh, it's really sad because you, you see, it's not just him. There's, you know, and this is a thing with, with any war, I don't care which war it is, what year it is. The, the, the mental destruction right. that, that these people go through and that when they, and they, they hit a point where they can't take it anymore, you know? And I just like watching it recently. I was like, you know, you when he stands up and he says the line about, you know, messing his shorts or whatever, and you're like, Oh, whoa, whoa dude. <laughs> but then, you know, when he he uh he he kills himself, you're just you 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 feel bad for him, you know? And then I kind of feel bad, I feel more bad for Dunbar at that point, because I'm like, wow, he's this is his world, you know. Right. Now I did read online that I guess there was some doctors weighing in that they uh because it wasn't explained in the book, obviously, but it was, they were explaining his behavior by saying he had a brain tumor that okay. was causing the the mental instability and his inability to control his bladder i'm like but that's not as fun as the other nah, explanation I, I like the i like the more shell shock you know just mind torn because of constant battle and being left in the middle of nowhere and i i much rather prefer that explanation yeah, the so. all all hope is lost yes. mentality that pretty much every union soldier we see in the beginning has right. I, I think it, it plays much better that way. I agree. So I have a few more. Um, yeah. The, when they, uh, when they're out looking, uh, we always, when dances with wolves is out traveling with uh, his tribe at that point, they come across the field of dead bison, dead buffalo. Uh-huh. I'm sorry. That scene 
makes me so sad because the looks on their faces and the fact they're like, you know, this is terrible. What a waste. And Mm -hmm. it's a painful scene because you're just thinking, this is what happened to them. They were living their lives. And then, you know, the white man shows up, starts moving across the country, taking all their stuff, killing their way of life. And, and in that one scene, I mean, there's plenty of other examples throughout the movie, but that scene to me just was so disgusting and disturbing because they just, they killed them, skinned them and left the bodies. And I'm like, Oh my God, how horrible is this? And so, yeah, yeah, that's one of those that scarred me for years. Well, yeah, because they need, they need, they're, they're depending on the return of of the Buffalo just to survive and just to see the, just the waste. It's, it's disgusting. Well, yeah. And then when you, when they, after their hunt, they take everything. They don't leave anything behind. It's just, it's spectacular. But yeah, that scene uh, ruins me every time. Now, I have one more, and then we'll get to our favorite scenes. This particular scene sticks with me because um, when the Pawnee attack the Lakota camp, yeah, they're, they're sneaking up me because we all know all the, the warriors are away. So, and and we know that you know, Dance with Wolves went and got the guns with Smiles a lot, who's one of my favorite characters actually. Oh yeah, love um, that kid. I know, right? Uh, and they're they're sneaking through the water, sneaking across the river. They kill the dogs, man, which I understand is a tactical, a tactical move, but it's horrible in my eyes. They're, these are innocent animals. They're just there and they kill them. And then you're thinking, and then they show up, they start to open up the you know, tents and there's nobody in there. And then all of a sudden here they come armed and just going after them. And I'm like, yes, I start cheering every time. I'm like, yes, that was just wonderful. And just, just seeing the, the fear on the Pawnee's face. And then of course you have Wes Studi, the toughest Pawnee, as he's described in the credits, yeah. um, and him getting shot in the middle of the river in, in total defiance. The look on his mm-hmm. face, he's like, I'm not giving up. You're going to have to kill me. And they're like, well, okay, we are. And they all <laughs> shoot him. And, you know, what a, I just, that scene just to me is just so impactful. And so, what, yeah. what makes it great is it's the women and children fighting. Yes, absolutely. And holding their own just fine. And that's absolutely. what I love about that. And it, it didn't hurt that they had guns, but <laughs> well, it certainly didn't. But uh, you know, when no, you, you're right, you, when you're going up against West Studi, you you have to have that. Yes. You know, he yes. he's my he's probably the scariest. Anytime you need a, a Native American who is going to be just instilling fear into you, mm-hmm. you get that guy. Oh, yeah. Well, in Last of the Mohicans, he was just oh, as Magua. He's oh my god, he no he, chance. He he ruled every scene he was in. Yes, in that absolutely love that guy. Absolutely okay. So uh, you want to move on to favorites? Yeah, I got I got a favorite. All right, you go right ahead because I've got a few as well. <laughs> I love this movie. <laughs> I love this movie. So you go right uh, ahead. <laughs> well, I'll tell you my I, probably my favorite scene is um, when they come for Dunbar. Well, when they come for Dances with Wolves and they save him from the soldiers uh, towards the end. Yes, yes, that's um, one of mine. Love that. What I what makes it my favorite scene is we've seen. There's probably been more than a hundred. Westerns made mm-hmm. where it's just, we're programmed to fear the attacks of the native Americans. Right. And, you know, we, we hope we can hold them off. And this is, this, it, it turns it on, on its head because they're attacking soldiers and you're hoping, you know, for their, for them to win. You're excited Absolutely. to see them take down these soldiers and, you know, to the, to be fair, these people, the, the soldiers, they're vile, you know, they're, Absolutely. they're just, they're a poor excuse for, you know, an American soldier and they're just, they're rotten people. Um, so it's great to see them re- rescue him and, right. uh, and take him back because at that point they're, they're not, they're not going after Dunbar. They're going after one of their, their brothers. They're going after one of their family members. Absolutely. Love Absolutely. that scene because of that. Yeah. And uh, that's actually one of my, on my list. And cause there's so much, I mean, cause they really paint, um, you know, from when he goes back to the outpost and they're there, they paint with the exception of the, uh, the one, uh, soldier, um, who does get killed at the river too. I, I, I am a miss with his name. Um, cause he's the only decent one. He's the one that tells him to stop yeah. shooting at the at Tucson, the uh, Lieutenant. Yes. Lieutenant. He's, he's the one that keeps trying to, he tries to keep them under control. He's the only yep. decent one in the bunch. So him dying was a little, it's like, it's like, you know, collateral damage, but, uh-huh. um, but yeah, they were vile. They were disgusting. Uh, the guy has his journal, but can't read. So he's using it as toilet paper, which is just yeah. destroys me. Um, and then of course, uh, smiles a lot, 
just out of you know you're I'm, you're not gonna i got you and he just he does that and i'm like yes because he's like he's been trying the whole movie to you know to grow up to become the adult to become the what he he thinks he needs to be and he does it in the scene and it, i just i cheered when he did that i was like yes that's that's the moment where smiles a lot becomes a warrior absolutely. Know, he becomes a man at that absolutely point. absolutely and i love that. i love that when in his hair gives him the opportunity to to take on the soldier by himself yep you yep. know yep that's that's so cool yes have I was so glad you brought that up because I had it on my list too. So now I only have, I only have two then the time. <laughs> so, okay. So I love the, the exchanges they have um, when, uh, when the, the, uh, the native Americans come to the outpost, but my favorite, I think is when he's has the coffee grinder. Oh and yeah. He's sitting there just grinding away and smiling and just looks like a total goober. And then he makes the coffee for them and they're all, you know, kind of bitter. So he gives them the sugar. And they're like, "Ooh, sugar!" And it's yeah. just, it, I love that scene because uh, the the smile on Costner's face when he's grinding that coffee, and he's like, "Oh, it's bitter!" And he's like, "You know, put the sugar on your mouth," and he's all happy and excited. I, it's like it, to him, it's a giant breakthrough. I got them to drink coffee, and then you know, and then uh, uh, when his hair takes a bunch of sugar, and starts yeah. throwing all their, <laughs> like, he's like, like "Oh, wait, that's wait. that's too much." That's- yeah, but no, I I, I love that scene um, because there's that uh, Costner's face is so genuine in that his his expressions his his excitement is so genuine. So that's one of my favorites. Um, now, my other favorite also it deals with uh, one of their meetings, but it's the one at the uh, Lakota uh, camp where um, stands with a fist translates for. Dunbar and Kicking Bird, uh-huh. love that. Not only is the is, first one you mean, or yes, the first okay. one, yes. Uh, when um, uh, they do their names, and she's because you can tell she's trying really hard to remember how to, yeah, speak English, and uh, you know he's Kicking Bird, and then he tries to say his name, you know Dunbar, and she says Dunbar. He goes, no, not no. Dunbar, <laughs> Dunbar. <laughs> Stands with a fist. I'm John Dunbar. John, John Dunbar. 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 John Dunbar. John Dunbar. Dunbar. No, not Dunbar. 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 Mary McDonald in that scene is wonderful because uh, you have, you know, um, uh, oh, Oh my gosh. The medicine man. Yes. Thank you. Um, It always throws me off his name because it's not what you think it's going to be. But anyway, uh, he starts saying something to her. She's like, cause she's trying to translate and she turns and, you know, like just basically tells him to shut up. (laughs) And I'm just like, Oh my God, that's wonderful. She, that's her scene. You know what I mean? That's, she has, I mean, when you first see her and she's tried to kill herself, I mean, that's an amazing scene with her, but it's that scene where she's really, you know, you've kind she's kind of like letting you in to see what kind of a person she is. And I, I just love that scene. That's, it's one of my favorites. She um, does such a good job oh. uh, in the whole film, but more in that scene where she's her dialect, her vernacular, if you will. Right. Trying to, I mean, I, I believe that she's a woman that, that grew up speaking English and completely forgot how to. Yes. Even like her facial expressions. Like you can see like, her eyes, you know, kind of shifting, like trying to figure out what the word, the right word is. Right. She's spectacular. No, I know that she, she was so wonderful in this movie. So, um, but yeah. So, and then I, I also love when she tells a story of how she got her name. I just love that story. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> Nobody messed with me after that. I'm like, I, I would <laughs> guess not. So, okay. So I, I thought this might be interesting to point out some of the, what we think the saddest scenes are. I know I have a few because it's like I said before, this movie, it really works your emotions all the way through. I mean, it gives you some, some breaks here and there, like, especially when he's writing in his journal and things like that. And, but it's, you know, it, it really, you know, it, it kind of hits so many different things. Like you're excited, you're laughing, you're sad, you're angry, you're it's all the way through. So I know usually when we talk about movies, we talk about our favorites and whatever, but I really wanted to kind of address maybe a few scenes that really got to you. And I know the, the one uh you know at the end was 
wind in his hair mm-hmm. yells at that's definitely one but uh did you have any other ones that popped into your head uh as far as saddest scene yeah absolutely there's for me there's one scene that is the absolute saddest in this entire film okay. and i'm talking i'm talking the four hour extended cut uh and it kills me to watch it every time and it's the the death of two socks um yep that's I, on my list too yep he's you know he's one of my again like he's one of my favorite characters uh I, he's a companion for costner yep. uh just like cisco right. um and the fact that he, we spend the entire length of the movie with Dunbar gaining his trust, mm-hmm. you know, cause we're talking about a wild wolf, right. And gaining his trust. And then, you know, for the soldiers, for the, for, of all people, you know, it has to be the soldiers taking pot shots at him and just out of loyalty to, to, to Dunbar. He doesn't know anybody. He doesn't know to run away. And I, right. I just, I hate that shot. Um, Costner's the look of, of hopelessness and helplessness in Costner's right. face because he's, right. he's down on the ground or he's on the bottom of the wagon chained up. And I'm like, come on, someone that you gotta, you know, you already killed the dogs early on. Right. You gotta let two socks live. And then when you hear that, that cry, then he yeah. goes down. I just, I'm oh. at I that know. point, at that point, I was like, every one of these soldiers needs to die violently. You're right. Okay. If it's the Pawnee or the Lakota, <laughs> someone show up, please. Yeah. And it was like the Lieutenant finally shows up to get them to stop. And at that point it's too late. So too late. yeah. Um, and that, yeah, and it, it is heartbreaking because he does, we, we get to know him and that's where his name, that's where, you know, Dunbar gets his name dance with wolves. It's because yeah. of two socks because of that two he, socks. Yeah. That he gets his name. So and that's another thing that is done so well throughout the movie is him you know, the, the friendship that happens, like when he takes the meat from his hand for the first time, mm-hmm. you know? And so, yeah, watching him, you know, when they, when they pull away and he's laying there in the ground and I'm thinking, Oh my God, I can't believe they, you know, I mean, I can, yeah. but it was, it was awful. So, and, and to that, which is another reason why I'm glad the soldiers all die at the river is when they, when Cisco dies, Cause oh, it's, that's, uh, that's, that's another tough one. I know. And uh, cause you know, he shows up and it just, you, I've seen this movie so many times and every single time he gets back to the outpost, I'm like, run, run, yeah. just take off, just realize they're there and run because they're not going to see you as, as, you know, as a union soldier, they're going to see you as an engine, you know, because that's what they, that's their mentality. And that's how they're going to see you. And man, when, his when Cisco gets shot. So I mean, I'm like, oh my God. And you can see that just how destroyed Dance with Wolves is when he looks down at his horse. I'm like, oh my God. So in a matter of what, 20 minutes, they kill his horse and they kill his wolf. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, well, you know, and, stop. <laughs> and with Cisco, uh, that's where my emotions play because I'm sad when Cisco gets shot. Mm-hmm. But when they cut back and you see the the vultures yes. on his carcass. I then I get angry. Yep. And and it's it's that it's the perfect time to be angry because that's when that's when dances with wolves gets angry. Yep. And then just goes on a onslaught of you know fighting everyone he can until they bash him over the head for the fourth or fifth time. You know. Right. Right. And and it's funny because you really um, you see the Union soldiers at the very beginning, and you're sympathetic to them yep. because they're all in that horrible situation and and. Because, you know, at that point, Dunbar is one of them. And so you're sympathetic to their plight. Well, then you get to this part of the movie and we've we've now fallen in love with the Lakota and, and the tribe and, and all those characters. And then here come, you know, here come the Union soldiers. And now we hate them because we've 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 been we bought in to the rest of the story. We bought into Dunbar's uh, journey um, and and. What I found funny is there's one of the criticisms from some of the Native American, we'll call critics, said uh-huh. that it's still a white savior story. And I disagree because if anything, um, I mean, yeah, it's his story and he's telling his story. But if anything, I think the Lakota saved him. I absolutely agree with you. Yeah. I mean, because I, I, I saw that criticism. I read about it and, and I get, you know, Hollywood's filled with white savior Absolutely, um, films. If yes. uh, if you want to call it that, this is not one of those situations, though. Yeah, this is. I, you know, you talked about an, emo- an emotional roller coaster. I feel like this movie is all about the death 
of Lieutenant John Dunbar right. and the birth of Dances with Wolves. Absolutely. And he can't have that birth and he can't he can't thrive without the uh, the Lakota, you know, without without those people embracing him, bringing him in, showing them how to survive, showing him, you know, just making him part of their family. Right. I, I don't he didn't do I don't think he did. I think he did nothing to save him. I think it's it's them saving him. Yeah. And that's what that's what, again, that's what makes this movie unique when it comes to the Western, um, you know, and that's what makes it so good, I think. Yep. Absolutely. You're on their side, you know? Yeah. And, and it's like, you know, you start to wonder because it was a long time between the time he got there and time the soldiers showed up, he probably would have run out of food. He probably would have ended up just like the previous group of guys there that they just were felt abandoned and who knows what he would have done. Um, So yeah, they absolutely saved him. So, and yeah, I, yeah, it's not, I disagree with the white savior. It, he mm-hmm. gets saved by them. So now I well, do want to mention one more scene. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Uh, no, I was just, I was just going to say real quick, you know, without, without characters like 10 bears or right. kicking bird and to a, to an extent, um, winning his hair, mm-hmm. he, he definitely dies. You <laughs> yes, know? he does. He it's if, if not for their generosity, their hospitality and their acceptance, no way does, uh, does he make it out of the, yeah. uh, the planes. And I real quick, the, um, after they're, they celebrate, uh, and you know, they can't eat, he can't drink anymore. Can't eat anymore. And they do the, the trade. Oh yeah. Like he, good, he trade. A, good trade. And then later they bring it back when they find his hat. Yeah. Remember the guy he's like, and then, uh, um, they do a trade and it's like good trade. I'm, I'm like, I love, I just love that. Cause I don't know. I, there's those little things throughout the movie that just endear you, uh, to the characters even more. Well, so. And it's, it's a, you know, I, I know we're, we're still on the scene, but, I think it's a great um, comparison to, you know, Dunbar has his moment where he becomes a legend because he gets on his horse and just rides towards the Confederacy, you right. know, to kill himself. But he it, it works out for him. And then, you know, he becomes this legendary guy. Right. Well, same thing with with Dunbar. Or I'm sorry, with uh, with Dances with Wolves at that point right. on the buffalo hunt, because he becomes this legend in their mind because he takes down the the rushing uh, right. Buffalo that's, that's going to kill smiles or smiles a lot. Right. And I like that he become, e- even in his other, his next life, he, he also gets a chance to be a legend. Right. You know? Right. So the, well, the yeah. trade there is good. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, well um, he goes and he also is uh, they've, you know, he becomes legend after going to get the guns and brings it back. So that way they can defend the, the mm-hmm. village without, you know, um, without the help of the warriors and stuff. So yeah, it's, he, you know, it's one of those things where, yeah, he does help, but you know, like I said before, like we both agree before he, it's not, he doesn't save them. They save him. But I do want to mention one more scene that just tears me up every time I see it. And that's when we see um, the little version of stands with the fist when she's still living with her family. Oh yeah. And the, when the Apani attack uh, the, the homestead and which, by the way, that little version is uh, Costner's daughter Annie playing. Oh, is the, that who played Christine? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, played the little version. Yes. Um, that scene, because it's like, you know, they, they're kind of acting like, oh, it's no big deal. There's just a couple of them. Go away. And then she watches her family die, and I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they're just like, run, run, and, and you're like, oh my, I don't know. I watch this little girl, and you I mean obviously it's not as heartbreaking as it could be because we know where she ended up and that she's okay but man i'm watching that and and she's and you can she's running and she knows my family's all dead my mm-hmm. brother my parent I'm like oh just it, it it kills me every time so yeah yeah that's, that's a tough scene that's a that's a tough one so um so we've already kind of talked about the emotional roller coaster and i just want to mention i mean that's I think that's one of the things that I really love about this movie is it, 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 it reaches out to you on so many different levels. There's a lot of humor, which there has to be to balance the the action and the, and the, and the sad stuff you see as well. Um, and then, you know, like I said, there's, there's cheerful mo- there's cheering moments and there's, there's just so much in this. And I mean, with it being four hours, of course there is, but you know, like I said before, it, it never really feels like four hours because it moves no. well. The pacing is great. And 
it keeps you it keeps your attention it keeps you engrossed in the story and the characters and um which of course is probably one of the reasons why he won best director so yep. <laughs> not bad for your first and movie. R- right out the gate he does it right I mean, that's pretty pretty impressive that is pretty impressive so all right so let's talk about the genre of the western um now going back through imdb i mean there westerns were a huge staple of old hollywood mm-hmm. um you know john wayne basically made a career he was either doing war movies or he was doing uh you know westerns and uh you look at of course um uh clint eastwood between the two of them i mean you got what you know probably a hundred westerns throughout their their career and i mean it was a it was a constant thing i mean you back to the 30s and 40s i mean they were all over the place now then you get heaven's gate in 1980 oh, yeah. 1980 <laughs> yeah. heaven's gate and and you know what a debacle uh ridiculous length over budget just in it nobody cared nobody liked it and then the western kind of dies I mean, uh-huh. you, st- you still got a few. I mean, um, there's the Outlaw Josie Wales. We had that. We did get Young Guns. So you got a few, but it definitely came to a screeching halt. Now, does this movie bring it back? Did Dan- did Dances with Wolves save the genre um, from going extinct, so to speak? Dances with Wolves absolutely saves the Western genre in 1990. Um, you know, talking about Heaven's Gate. Now, I haven't seen it. Um, have you seen it? <laughs> I've seen parts and okay. the parts I've seen did not make me want to see the whole thing. I can tell you for, that right for now. A movie to be, for a movie to be so bad that it's a uh, distributor, United Artists decides to pull it from the theaters the night before. That's bad. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And uh, this is, you know, Heaven's Gate does another thing to Hollywood where the director controlled film right. goes extinct because of Heaven's Gate. Right. And that's where the studio takes control again. Um, Despite people like Spielberg, you know, just now starting their their uh, their rise to fame and, and rise to power in Hollywood, uh, but to go a decade, you know, <laughs> like you said, uh, you know, you got you had Young Guns, um, yeah, Silverado. There was a Silverado. few. In there. Yeah, there was, there was a one few or in two. There. Yeah, not, it wasn't it wasn't like it used to be. Well, exactly, because you know when you talk about Silverado, like yeah, it's a western, but it's also a comedy. You know, yes. Um, you talk about young guns. It's yeah, it's a Western, but it's it's an action picture. And they got all those know? literally all those young actors in there that are yeah. hot at the moment. I mean, so, they could have made it any they could have just made it an action. They could have been cops. You know, they could. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. This movie brings the Western genre back to the forefront. Yes, because it wins all these Academy Awards and without Dances with Wolves. Clint doesn't get back in the saddle, nope. uh, no pun intended, uh, to do uh, to do the Unforgiven, uh, right. that, which also wins Best Picture just a few years later. Right. You know, so I feel like this movie it paved the way for the the reemergence. You know, well, yeah, we got just a couple years later. We got well, we got uh, Last of the Mohicans, like I mentioned earlier. Yep. Um, Tombstone shows up Tombstone. in ninety six, I think. Right. Uh, we got the in recent years. We got the remakes of Three Ten to Yuma, The Magnificent uh-huh. Seven. Uh, oh hell, we got a TV series in Deadwood. Yeah, all you of know? them come back. Yeah, it, it, people want to see the Western again, right? And it, and it helps that I mean, most of them have been pretty good. Like I've seen the the Three Ten to Yuma remake was actually very good. Very um, good, I like that yes, one. It was very good. Uh, Magnificent Seven was eye candy. You know how I feel on, on Tombstone. Anyway, I don't. I think it's I, nothing but I can. There's no, there's no I story. know that's how you feel. But <laughs> well, we'll, I mean, we'll we, talk about that here soon. I think. Yeah, I know we will. <laughs> um, but I mean, we, we even get Wyatt Earp from Costner, and we get you know uh, there's um, there's oh there's Wild Bill that uh, Bridges mm-hmm. is in and are in the mid '90s. So you start to see a lot more. Uh, what is it? Um, the one Johnny Depp did. Um, uh, Dead Man. Yes, Dead Man. So there's they start popping up way more frequently than they did prior to this. So yes, you're absolutely right. Without this, without the Oscars, I mean, it, it won seven, including Best Picture, Best Director. So, and then couple two years later, you know, you get Unforgiven and you get more yeah. Oscars. Now the only other one Western that won uh, Best Picture was The Cimarron from 1930 something. I think it was 30, uh, 1931. I think. Yeah, that's right. So that's three westerns. The one best best picture and two of them were in the early nineties. So that's, that tells you what it did. You know, it it definitely raised the level. So absolutely it did. Absolutely. Okay. So let's go through a couple of facts uh, through the movie before we get to some other, a couple other questions. Um, 
so it had a, a, a initially was greenlit for $15 million budget and it ended up being 22 million. And like I said before, Costner was responsible for the overruns, but he made his money back and then some, um, it ended up making worldwide 424 million. It was the fourth highest grossing movie of the nineties behind ghost and home alone. And oh, what was the third one? Uh, pretty woman. So, which is, not bad company for a Western to get that high up there. So to go, to go against a family movie that everyone saw and right. then two other movies that everyone male and female went and saw right for, to be in the top four with that, with that company. I think that's a, a good achievement. Yeah. And this is the only one that was three hours long. So, yeah. you know what I mean? That's a lot. That's a lot of, that's a lot of time to be sitting in a theater you know, for a lot of people. So yeah. um, Let's see. In 2007, it was selected for preservation in the National Film Registry by the uh, Library of Congress, which is pretty awesome. As it should be. Absolutely. Uh, Costner was pretty much adopted by the Lakota in, uh, tribe um, because of how he brought their plight and, uh, and basically made people more aware and, and, the, and the positive image of, uh, of them. So that was well-deserved, well-deserved. Um, and let's see. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, was there any facts you want to bring up before we move on? I already mentioned the fact that Costner did all of his own writing and, and shooting and everything. Um, the only thing uh, I was thinking, I know that, um, and I, I apologize because I don't have his name, but I know that Costner was hot on this on this uh, screenplay. Yes, but it wasn't getting any traction again because the Western's dead. Absolutely. Costner, Costner tells the screenwriter, "Hey." Right, turn this into a novel. Yeah, Michael Blake. Will, Michael, Michael Blake. Blake. Yeah, he yes. tells Michael Blake, "You know what you need to do with this? Turn it into a novel, right. because then that's gonna that's gonna pique some interest and it's gonna help it." And then he so bought the, guy, the rights. <laughs> yeah, the guy, yeah, the guy goes and writes a novel. Costner, shrewd businessman, jumps right out, buys the rights. Absolutely, but he's right. It does yep. help get it. You know, some buzz generated. You know, because it it does really good. You know, yeah. On, yeah. The, on the on the stands. Yeah, and then uh, I guess there was a, I guess there was uh, a sequel. A book, another one. Uh, the Holy which, Road, right? Which brings me to my next question. There is, there was talk. This is which I did see, which is why Costner gave us these four-hour cut special edition was because there was talk of a sequel, and he refuses to do any sequels. Won't do them to, to it, which I can respect. Mm-hmm. I can respect mm-hmm. a guy that says, you know what, I'm not going to play Elliot Ness again. I'm, you know, we're not going to make another Bull Durham or whatever. So that's says something. Um, but as of right now, I did read that it's rumored, but Vigo Mortensen was attached to play Dances with Wolves. Now, do we want or need a sequel some 30 years later? We don't want it. We don't need it. Uh, and and more to the point, um, The Holy Road, it, it basically it picks up like 10, 11 years after the events right. of Dances with the Wolves. Right. White Rangers kidnap stands with a fist and right. their three children. Right. And then dances with wolves has to go on a rescue mission. That is about as generic <laughs> of a, of a Western as I could right. possibly think of. And I've seen yeah. it a hundred times already. Right. Um, I absolutely am glad Costner says, Nope, uh, I don't do sequels. Yeah. It's because the, I don't, it, I don't ever want to see the Holy road. No, it's, it's the exact opposite of what dances with wolves was. It's yeah. and, and, and no, I completely agree. As much as I love Viggo Mortensen. I mean, the guy is a tremendous actor. Um, just, you know, he can do anything. If you haven't seen it yet, check out captain fantastic. Another, <laughs> he's just, the guy hits it out of the park every freaking time. Um, yeah. As much as I love him. No, I don't want to see him as dances with wolves. I don't want to see a sequel. Cause it will, t- I think it will just tarnish this tremendous movie that we got and there's no need for it. It's a cash um, grab at this point as, as what I feel about it. Yes, absolutely. So um, since of course, like I said, this uh, is a Western let's talk uh, Westerns um, specifically. Do you have a favorite? Well, I hope you're going heel. Cause uh, we're about to, it's about <laughs> to be high noon because uh, listen, <laughs> I- I'll say it. My favorite Western is tombstone. <laughs> probably probably because of the, what you said you know it there's a lot of eye candy it's a lot of fun a lot it's it's highly quotable mm-hmm. okay uh great performances authentic mustaches you gotta <laughs> love that in any in any western movie and you know and i, and I know we talked uh, i know costner does his version of the story with Wyatt mm-hmm. Earp. 
Yes. But it does not hold a candle to Tombstone and what Kurt Russell did. So, oh, see, that's what we're going to fight. Uh, <laughs> as I, I, you know, I love Kurt Russell and you know, I know like, you do. I, I'm a huge fan of the thing. I'm a huge fan of Big Trouble in Little China, Escape from New York. I, I, you know, even his old Disney movie days, you know, the computer with tennis shoes. And, <laughs> uh, the fact is, he did not fit in that part in it. And oh, Dayton. I know. Fine. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to get, I'm going to get hate emails and that's fine. Yep. Um, now, uh, Val Kilmer, uh, you know, as doc was great, but I think it's that part. It's that role because in, um, in Wyatt Earp, uh, doc was played by, um, Oh my God. I was Dennis forgetting. Quaid. Thank you. Um, I want to say Randy Quaid. I knew that was not right. Um, <laughs> that'd be a different movie. That'd be a whole different movie. <laughs> and because, but if you watch that, he is, he is j- just as good in that part. So yeah, you have, you know, Bill Paxton, you have Sam Elliott, you have all these. You have names. everybody. I know, but just because you have, it, mm. I, I, I was hoping you were going to say tombstone. I'm, I'm gonna sorry. Say, I'm, listen, I'm not and, saying it's the best. No, no I'm, not, I'm right. just saying it's my favorite because. And you're not alone. When I talk, yeah. When alone. I talk favorite, it's like, what am I going to watch a thousand times? Right. Uh, if there's one Western, I'm going to watch more than any other Western. It's going to be tombstone okay. because of the fun, the action and the, and the, and like I said, the lines, you okay. know, it's All so right. quotable. It's so fun. And it, you know, it makes me care about the villains, you know, the Cowboys mm-hmm. powers booth. Um, probably my favorite powers booth role ever. Okay. And you know, you got someone like Michael Bean who you absolutely love in aliens and Terminator. <laughs> right. And to see him play such a dark evil character mm-hmm. in Johnny Tyler. Right. It's awesome. Dayton. It's come on. It's just, okay. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll I see your point and I'm going to raise you Silverado. Because for all the reasons you mentioned, it's yeah. fun. There's good action. Uh, the characters are great. I I love the writing in Silverado. I mean, that's what you get with Lawrence Kasdan anyway, uh-huh. as he proved through his you know writing you know the Star Wars movies and Raiders of Lost Ark and you know I I love those characters. Of course, you got Costner, you know, playing a, a, uh-huh. a different cowboy. You know, full of juice is how uh, Emmett calls him. Uh, and <laughs> I, I, you know, you got Scott Glenn and Kevin Klein, Brian Denny, uh, Jeff Goldblum. I mean, I am sorry. That movie is filled with, in my mind, better actors than you got oh. in Tombstone. Oh. Um, see, I guess in my opinion, what Tombstone was lacking was a story. <laughs> and I think that's what bothers me. And I feel like Silver, because Silverado, like you said, what are you going to watch over and over again? I will watch Silverado over and over again. I just, it's so much fun. I'm not so, going to say a bad word about Silverado. I won't, okay, but uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 you're not like I said. When it comes to tunes, you're not the only one. I, I hear it all the time. I hear it all the time. And I rewatched it recently. My wife and I sat down rewatched it a few months ago. Yeah, and I was still like, I don't see the big deal. So <laughs> that's okay. I'm I'm used to having a different opinion from most. So I'm, I'm used that's to all, that. Yeah. Okay. So in in our in our humble opinions now, uh, yep. what do you think the best western that you've seen obviously because we haven't seen them all there's yeah i haven't seen them all there's hundreds what do you think the best one that you've seen is this is a this is a tough one for me because the you asked me what i think the best one is Mm -hmm. um three movies pop into my mind Mm -hmm. and on any given day one of them is going to be the best um okay you know and i'll just i I know i'm cheating by saying give me all three but uh the three i gotta say unforgiven okay uh Definitely Rio Bravo. Okay. And finally, Shane. Okay. So, I've seen I've seen all three of them. <laughs> okay. So and I could I I could talk another hour if you'd let me about why I love all three of them, why I think they're the best. But if I if I'm if you put your six shooter on me right now, Dayton, and you, you maybe choose just one, <laughs> I'd probably say Rio Bravo. See, that's I actually watched that in the film class when I was in college. Uh, no high school, sorry. Um I okay. I have I only issue I take with that movie is I am not a John Wayne fan. Okay. Because uh, I felt like he just played the same character in pretty much every movie. Now that doesn't mean that a lot of the movies he was in weren't good because they were. Um, but and Shane is a tremendous movie. Absolutely correct. It's it's especially the end. Just the end is just stellar. It's one of those classic endings. Uh, absolutely. Um, and Unforgiven, I've seen. I tried to rewatch it recently. 
um, and uh, my disc crapped out. So I'm looking for another another version, another copy of it because that's just how I roll. Um, but you know it makes me like Shane so much. What's that? Have you ever noticed how basically it's the original version of Pale Rider? Right. I okay. Yep. I, I mean, it's pretty. Pale Rider is pretty much Shane and. I saw Pale yeah. Rider. I loved Pale Rider. And then it was my dad who, you know, kind of explained, well, yeah, this was this was this is Shane. Right. And then I watched it, you know, and you know, Alan Ladd, yeah. Alan Ladd is the preacher. You right. know, that's true. To, that's to very true. Extent. Absolutely. So Absolutely. That's and that's why it's in my top three, too. Gotcha. Okay. So I did some thinking on this, and I won't say anything bad about Unforgiven. Um, even only getting to see it half of it recently. Uh it's it's definitely a quality movie and obviously it was good enough for uh best picture winner i'm gonna have to say because the three you mentioned were great choices i'm gonna have to go with uh gary cooper and high noon high noon I, oh my god i the first time i watched that i was like this is so damn good and it you know just the whole premise i mean you know, you have this sheriff who's basically trying to find help before all the bad guys come back and, and kill him, you know, <laughs> and they even reference that there's a whole episode on the Simpsons where Homer is put in that exact same situation. It's basically high noon in 23 minutes on, on the Simpsons, but <laughs> it's you, I don't know, Gary Cooper, Grace Kelly. I don't know. It's just such a, such a good movie. I was so enthralled the entire time. And uh, this I must have, I saw this like I think actually I watched it when the first AFI 100 list came out and it was on the list. I'm like, okay, I gotta start watching news movies, and so that was one of them. It's so about have been late 90s, and I just was like, oh my god, this is so awesome. And with it being black and white, sometimes you watch a black and white movie and you're kind of like, oh, this feels old. Yeah, I did not feel that with the same thing when I what, the first time I watched Casablanca. I didn't feel like it was a old old movie because the pacing nope. and the characters. High noon from beginning to end is just tremendous. So in my mind, like I said, I, we, we both agree. We haven't seen them all. We, you know, we're not experts, but I got to say from the Westerns I've seen high noon just is near perfect. So that's, that's what I, I consider to be the best of the ones I've seen. Now I'm happy that high noon is your top choice mm-hmm. um, because I've got a fun fact between your favorite or what you feel is the best one and mm-hmm. what I feel is the best one. All right. So Rio Bravo happened because Howard Hawks did not like the idea of uh, what he felt was a cowardly sheriff. So, <laughs> so Howard Hawks doesn't like high noon. He goes in, he makes Rio Bravo just to put some grit into the sheriff and, and stand his ground. He didn't want, you know, you know, he wanted basically like the, the anti Gary Cooper. So he gets John Wayne to do Rio Bravo. Yeah. And uh, that's, and that's one of the main reasons why Rio Bravo happens is uh, thanks yeah. to Howard Hawks and his, his feelings of, of not liking your, 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 uh, your, your <laughs> well, choice there, Dayton. And that's okay. You know, because Rio Bravo led to assault on precinct 13 by John Carpenter. So it all Absolutely. works out. It all, it all works, works out. out. Yes. It all works out in the end. Big picture. So yes, <clears throat> big picture. That's right. Okay. So, um, since this was a, a Costner Western and he has um, a little bit of a taste for him, you know, we mentioned mm-hmm. Silverado and of course, Wyatt Earp. And recently I know we've both discussed uh, the movie open range. Yeah. So we, at, at, yeah, you guys did that on, on a film by, which we is did the, that a couple months back. Yeah. Which is exactly the reason why I watched it and it was super good. Um, yeah. My question to you is, is Dunbar slash dance with wolves. The, best performance in a western from costner no really okay what is uh, tri- trick tricky answer here um <laughs> dances with wolves the film is costner's best directed western well okay. but i feel i feel that his role in open range is better um, okay i won't he, he does he does a little he does a a whole lot with a little bit of dialogue but he doesn't need to say a whole lot and the fact is we're looking at, you know, almost 30 years later. So his acting yep. has improved his, his knowledge of film. And of course you're also on screen with some talented people, oh, you yeah. know, and uh, so that doesn't hurt, but yeah, it, I, I won't argue with you. I, yeah. as much as I think, love, Sil- well, as much as I love Silverado, cause it's such a fun movie. Um, and I do feel that his performance in Dance of the Wolves was tremendous. I honestly, I, I agree. I think his, his, 
after, especially after watching it recently, and mm-hmm. I was so taken with that movie. Um, and you're right, he does very little with, uh, or he does a lot with very little uh, dialogue, and um, he makes the most of the scenes he's in. And uh, no, I think I'd have to agree. I, okay. you know, because I, I wanted to say Dance with Wolves because it's such a tremendous movie, but it's it's not his performance that makes it the best picture it's, it's everything not. yeah it's everything in there he does a very very good job and there's like mm-hmm. i said to mention some scenes before that are just completely genuine but uh yeah no, i agree i think his performance in open range shows his growth as an actor specifically yep. so absolutely no and it's and if, if if out there listening you have not seen open range please watch it because it is such so a good one. so good it was such a surprise i did not expect mm-hmm. to like it as much as i did so all right well any other last uh, final thoughts on the wonderful Western dances with wolves? Uh, all I would say is uh, forever grateful because it did bring back the Western genre. Yes. And uh, without it, we, we we're missing out on a ton of spectacular films. <laughs> yes, we are. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, it's one of those that, Every time I think about it, like I said, I've, I've owned it four times. And apparently, I'm going to buy the 4K Blu-ray Steelbook version. <laughs> um, but yeah, you won't, you won't you won't be uh, uh, you won't be sorry. Okay, that's, uh, I'll, I'll take your word for it. Um, it's just one of those that, yeah, it brought back the western. It, it gave us, you know, Unforgiven. It, it gave us a lot of other westerns over the years that have been very good, and we probably would not have gotten had we had not won seven Oscars. And it's like I said, it's such a fun movie to watch. It's epic. It it uh, brings to light uh, the you know just a little bit of what the Native Americans had to deal with um, when the uh, get political here for just a second when the white man invaded <laughs> this country. Um, but anyway, sounds like uh, an Iron Maiden song starting right. Up here. <laughs> well, I know, right? <laughs> um, yeah, and it's. It's just, it's good from beginning to end. Like I said, the opening scene, um, and then you mentioned the closing scene. It's just, it's good. It, it There's, I feel like even the four hour cut, there's no throwaway scenes. There's no wasted shots. There's, and it's, it's if you have not seen this movie, then we just ruined a whole bunch of it for you. Um, but it's, if you've, it's been a long time since you've seen it, check it out again. And if you can find the four hour cut, please do watch it. It's, it's mm-hmm. a tremendous movie. It's well worth your time. And uh, yeah. There you go. Can I say one more thing about it? Absolutely. One thing that I don't think we touched on, this movie talks about the importance of a real name. Yes. Um, and the significance behind their names, which I think is great. Um, for your listeners who don't know your certain feelings about uh, a certain 1986 film uh brad <laughs> brad and i were over at a film by we're talking about giving you your real name dayton so uh oh, i'd like no. to de- i'd like to debut your real name uh we will now address you as speaks against cobra <laughs> <laughs> that movie's crap dude sorry <laughs> oh wait oh okay Get the six shooters again all right no. <laughs> all right I'll, I'll i will i will happily accept that <laughs> I will happily accept that. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, uh, Jeff, before we go, why don't you tell uh, anybody listening uh, what's coming up on a film by uh, the near future? I'd be glad to. Uh, first off, I do want to thank you um, mm-hmm. because uh, we just did Labyrinth uh, yes. yesterday, actually. Yes. Um, love, love that movie. Uh, I, I know you love it. Uh, just, just based on what you had to say. Um but uh, what we got coming up, uh, we got a few things uh, coming down the pipe. Uh, next week, uh, we are doing, uh, on a film by, we're doing uh, Bound by uh, right. Lana Wachowski. Uh, we got the new Matrix movie coming out, so it's perfect time for that. Uh, and then December, we got a couple fun things coming up. Uh, we're finally going to do a Spielberg episode. We've had a lot Woo! of people asking us for it. Um we're going to be talking about uh, Platoon and An American right. Tale right. on uh, the 86 series. And uh, we, we like to try and do a Christmas episode. So I believe uh, before the end of the year, we will uh, be talking about uh, Mixed Nuts, uh, right. Efron film, Steve Martin. Steve Martin, right. Yeah. 
and he's red hot right now because of uh, only murders in the building. So absolutely you know, perfect and timing it, to talk about him too. And it's funny that you are talking about you're doing a Spielberg episode. I as well as doing a Spielberg, well, a sort of a Spielberg episode in December. We'll be talking about the original West Side Story because of Spielberg's version. Oh, that's uh, right, coming out. So yeah, yeah, he has yeah, which it does look tremendous. It does. Um, so I'd like to thank you, Jeff, for joining me. It's always a pleasure having you on. Thank you, sir. Uh, always a pleasure to be here. Wonderful. And I want to thank our listeners. Um, uh, every couple of days I check to see how we're doing and we're getting more and more listeners and it's tremendous. It's wonderful. And it mis- makes me smile to no end. And uh, let us know how we're doing. Send us an email. Check us out on uh, Twitter and Facebook. Um, give us you know topics that you want us to hear, hear us ramble on about. And uh, just remember, you know, it is the holiday season for a lot of people and not everybody has somebody to check on them. So reach out to some old friends, reach out to your neighbors. Uh, Remember, we are all in this together as we travel through time on this little blue marble floating in space. Uh, So look out for each other and everything else. And uh, and always remember when it comes to listening to music and watching movies, physical media is better than streaming. Thanks for listening. This has been the Docking Bay 77 podcast. Opening music provided by Eric Jason Brock. Check him out on YouTube and Bandcamp. If you want to reach out to us on social media, we are on Twitter and Facebook at Docking Bay 77 Podcast. Or you can send us an email, Docking Bay 77 Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.